Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Sustainable Energy Association. I'm your host, Matt Abel. Hello, Squeaky Clean listeners. Welcome to the 41st episode of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, where we bring you the latest in North Carolina clean energy news, policy, and more every two weeks. Welcome to the new year, 2021. Doesn't that already sound so much better than 2020? Well, we could go so far as to say last year was a dumpster fire. There were some silver linings, especially in the clean energy realm. As you've heard on a number of our recent episodes, we saw a series of clean energy wins that will help to position us for a successful 2021. On that note, this year is set to be a busy one. As you might already know, 2021 will see the start of the long session in the North Carolina General Assembly, with the House and Senate recently reconvening just last week on January 13th. We're optimistic about opportunities in the General Assembly, so stay tuned to the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast for updates as we progress through the legislative session. Equally as busy as our work over at the North Carolina Utilities Commission, we've seen a number of filings and dockets recently related to issues like the Southeast Energy Exchange Market and the Duke Energy Solar Rebate Program, with a whole host of other issues on the horizon, like rate cases and avoided cost. We'll definitely keep you up to speed on some of these issues in future episodes, but your best bet on getting all the details you wanted to know and more is to join NCSEA as a member. More info about membership can be found on our website at energync.org. Before we get started, our partners over at NC Green Power recently opened applications for their 2021 Solar Plus Schools program. As part of the 2021 phase, NC Green Power will be providing grants for up to 15 schools across the state to install solar installations. If you're interested in seeing solar installed at your child's school or know a school that would be a great candidate, The application period is open now until February 28th. To find out more information about the program and to apply, visit ncgreenpower.org. Lastly, I'll mention that NCSEA is hosting our annual continuing legal education event, Clean Energy in the Southeast, on February 2nd from 9 to 5 p.m. This is a great opportunity to dive in deep on topics like integrated resource plans, competitive solicitation, regional grid planning, and net metering, and backed by popular demand is the view from the bench panel, where we'll feature utility commissioners from across the southeast to talk about their take on clean energy. To find out more and to register for the event, visit NCSEA's website and click on events. Today's podcast is brought to you by Mosley Architects, a full-service architecture and engineering firm with offices in both Raleigh and Charlotte. Mosley Architects is a 2018 Energy Star Partner of the Year and has designed more than 140 LEED certified buildings. For more information, check out at MosleyARCH on Twitter or visit MosleyArchitects.com. That's M-O-S-E-L-E-Y-A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-T-S dot com. Additional support for this week's podcast comes from TS Designs, a Burlington, North Carolina-based company 
creating sustainable t-shirts from sustainable U.S. supply chains since 1977. Learn more about TS Design's newly launched solid-state clothing and 10,000 pounds of cotton project created to transfer power to U.S. cotton farmers and to you as a conscious consumer. Learn more at tsdesigns.com. Now, without further ado, it's time for today's episode. Today's topic is something that I'm incredibly excited to explore with our listeners. As many of you may know, North Carolina ranks among the top states in the country for clean energy deployed, and more specifically, solar. We saw an explosion in development through the early and mid-2010s as a result of the hard work of many stakeholders here in the state to implement strong clean energy policies and incentives. That information is well documented and publicized throughout the state and the region. What often does not get as much attention are the individuals behind the scenes making all of this happen, from construction workers to engineers and the countless other positions and skill sets integral to putting solar panels in the ground. With the explosion of solar in the state, we saw the rapid growth of those employed in the space. To be able to handle that growth, we needed the help of numerous support systems and organizations to help train up a well-prepared workforce. So today, I'm excited to direct the spotlight to an organization who's been on the front line of building up this workforce here in our state. So, on that note, let's jump into it. Clean energy. And on today's episode, I'm really excited to introduce our next guest, who comes from an organization that NCSEA works very closely with here in North Carolina. Our next guest serves as Workforce Development Project Lead for the Center for Energy Education, where he heads up recruitment efforts for solar construction trainings, coordinates career-focused events, establishes valuable work relationships with career centers, and leads the online learning program for the center. When he is not working at C4EE, he can be found on stage singing and playing guitar and spending time with friends. Friends of the pod, welcome to this week's episode, D'Artagnan Beats with the Center for Energy Education. D'Artagnan, welcome to the episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you here. So, uh, before we get started, can you tell us just a little bit about the Center for Energy Education and your role over there? For sure. So the Center for Energy Education um, is a nonprofit organization and a center for renewable energy research, education, and workforce development. Um, we operate uh, locally, regionally, and expanding globally. So. Fantastic. So, so diving right into it, uh, the clean energy economy here in North Carolina is booming, as, as you know. Uh, across the state, we have over 1,700 businesses operating within this space, employing close to 112,000 individuals. So there's always a demand for talented and skilled individuals working in this field. Uh, so on that note, can you talk a little bit about the importance of ensuring we have a trained up workforce ready to deliver on the needs of the industry? For sure. Um, it's extremely important that we have a, a trained and knowledgeable workforce um, in our state, um, but also nationally, because as a solar industry grows, like you said, um, it's booming in our state. Um, there's a demand for these skilled and trained workers. Um, but if our region or our area can't meet the, that demand for workers, then these companies seek elsewhere to find 
um, these individuals. And so that means pulling um, employees from out of state, maybe even out of country to come here and do jobs that our local residents can do. Um, so part of the exciting thing about this growing industry to me is that it's a brand new opportunity for a whole demographic of people to find new, exciting and good paying careers. But we need to know what we're doing and know the inner workings of the industry before we can step foot there. Yeah, that's a you know a great point. And um, I have heard in certain instances that uh, in some cases, right, there there is such a demand for, for workers in the industry that we're pulling them from other states. And as you also mentioned from outside of the country. Is this, you know, a, a prevalent issue and something that is on the radar of the Center for Energy Education? Uh, absolutely. So it's on our radar. Um, thankfully, it's not as big of an issue um, as it could be. Um, but there has been a few solar sites, even in, in our area, for instance, um, and I won't name specifically, but um, Enfield, um, there's a few solar projects there where they just couldn't um, first off, get a lot of knowledgeable workers and a lot of people who would stay on the job um, until their, their job duties were complete. And so um, there was a time when um, a lot of individuals from Florida were coming flooding and, um, you know, really filling those positions. And that popped up on our radar immediately. Um, luckily, we had just finished a training program um, earlier last year, uh, we trained 100 individuals, and so uh, by that time, we were able to, to kind of steadily supply some workers to that site, and, and we kind of helped keep that um, uh, local workforce. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the main things we want to address with our you know, workforce training and uh, just our relationships with solar companies. Um, we try to establish strong relationships so that way they know we're sending them trained and qualified individuals. Yeah, so I think that you know really emphasizes the importance of the work that you guys are, are doing um, in ensuring that we have a workforce that is ready and able to deliver on these numerous clean energy projects that are being deployed ac across our state and the region. So can you tell us a little bit more about some of the training programs you offer and some of the clean energy businesses that you partner with in those programs? For sure. Um, so to, for starters, um, we just have um, an intro to solar, you know, intro to solar installation. We call it a Solar Construction 101, um, where we cover the introduction to racking and mounting PV panels, um, the wiring and electrical connections, and the use of small hand tools um, that they would be using on the site. Um, and then on top of that, we have uh, OSHA 10 certification training. Um, so usually on, on most construction sites now, um, you need to know how to be safe. Um, a lot of companies will be hesitant to hire you if you don't have uh, 10 hours of safety training. Um, and so we provide that as well, uh, specific to solar sites. Uh, we also have on, on a higher tier operation and maintenance training. Um, which is basically uh, when a solar site is constructed and you know all the construction laborers have done their part and the Q&A quality assurance professionals know it's safe and they've run their tests, uh, operation and maintenance personnel um, from then on 
uh, travel around the site. They monitor the panels and the energy output. Um, they troubleshoot any electrical issues. And so we provide that, that kind of higher tier training as well. And we also do uh, rooftop and residential um, solar training. So basically uh, solar construction 101, but relative to people's homes, uh, because there is residential solar in our area and abroad. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that you offered uh, training programs related to residential solar. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use this opportunity as well to plug uh, NCSEA's Renewable Energy Database, where we map out all of the residential solar systems that have been installed throughout the state. And there are a number of them that have been installed in, you know, the northeastern part of North Carolina. So it's great to see that that you guys are helping to provide the workforce to continue to install systems in that part of the state. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about the communities that you work with and, and connect with uh, to train for careers in the clean energy field? Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, first off, we, we like to provide solar training to anyone who's interested in learning about solar. If you want a career in solar, um, we're here to provide that training for you. Uh, with that being said, we regularly serve communities where um, large utility scale solar projects are, are coming up in. So the majority of the time, um, the layout of the land is mostly rural communities, lots of farmland, um, lots of uh, flat land and open space. Uh, with that being said, a lot of times um, these communities aren't as knowledgeable as they could be about solar and some people are very skeptical. Um, so we find it uh, imperative for us to, to get in there and just educate um, without any bias on what solar energy is, how it works and the benefits it can provide. Um, so a lot of the people we train for our workforce programs um, are just residents of these communities. They might know nothing about solar. They might've just heard about it and heard they can get a good paying job. And uh, a lot of times they come through our program and they, they fall in love with it um, just because they feel like they're learning a new skill, uh, something that not everyone knows uh, and that they're valuable. Um, we also um, pride ourselves in, in being able to train veterans um, just because they have a skill set usually and, and, a, and a discipline about them that, that they carry on outside of their, their uh, service. And um, just being able to get these individuals uh, back into the workforce, feeling productive, feeling like they're, they're making steps forward in their life um, it is a great honor just because of the service that they've done for our country. So. And, you know, North Carolina, there's, there's no better place to, to recruit uh, workers from the military than, than our state with some of the largest military installations in the country with, uh, you know, Fort Bragg just down the road and Lejeune and uh, a variety of other installations here in the state that have actually installed clean energy projects right on their bases, which has been really exciting to see. So some of those uh, military members have direct experience with clean energy even before they leave service in the military. Um, so, you know, after participating in some of your workforce development programs, how do you work with individuals to help place them in careers in the clean energy uh, space? Yeah. So um, a lot of times when we have these programs, and, and maybe this is something I should have mentioned earlier, but we offer these training programs completely free to the public. Um, and so a lot of times since we're a nonprofit, 
um, a solar company who is about to do a large installation may come to us and say, hey, um, we're gonna, we have a demand for this amount of solar installers, this amount of um, ground workers, civil laborers, um, can you get us trained individuals? And so they will provide us funding to do these classes um, free for the community. And so once we train these individuals, the majority of the time, um, we stage job interviews with that very same solar company. Um, and so um, they'll be able to interview with the company and, and we establish that connection that they can get employed and go right to the project that's going to uh, be underway. That's awesome. So Center for Energy Education is kind of a one-stop shop into employment within the clean energy uh, industry. So uh, just out of curiosity, if somebody is interested in learning more about some of your workforce development programs and, and signing up and, and getting to the point where you're helping to stage some of these interviews, how can folks find out about that information? Yeah. Um, so you can visit our website. Um, it is center4ee.org, um, or you can call our office at 252-541-3004, um, or send us a direct email um, at contact at center4ee.org. Um, and, and yeah, and so um, if you contact us with any uh, questions or concerns there. Um, a lot of times you'll you'll speak directly to me. And so I'll, I'll be able to get you in our system and, and start that process for you. So do you do you see that, um, you know, skills that that maybe employees have learned in the construction industry are directly transferable over to the solar industry? And also on that same note, um, are there types of industries where you're seeing uh, folks really migrate in from or transfer from into the clean energy industry as a whole? Yeah, those two are actually kind of tied together. Um, a lot of times, some of the best students, some of the best uh, employees that you'll get out on the field are, you know, people who are prior uh, electricians, uh, roofers, um, you know, construction laborers. That's because the, the mathematic skills um, being able to measure, um, knowing, uh, you know, basic uh, wiring, circuitry, um, and basic electrical knowledge are extremely useful. And also just knowing how to safely operate on a construction site um, and how to use those hand tools that um, they use uh, all day long. Um, so so in, that, in that note, a lot of times we get a lot of electricians actually who are interested in solar just because it's something different. Um, and so that's that's where we get a lot of um, trade workers from the outside that come into solar. And do you have any information on the the current makeup of the clean energy workforce in our state? Are there efforts to diversify the workforce of the future to ensure that it's representative of the population at large? Thinking about things like gender, income, and racial diversity as well. Oh, for sure. Um, so I don't have any exact facts and figures. But I was doing some research on um, uh, SEIA and their website. They have a little article about diversity and inclusion. And um, from what I've seen personally, um, I think it matches kind of their national study, which is, you know, the majority, a lot of solar, um, especially the higher end positions, are filled up, majority, uh, white males. 
Um, but there are efforts to increase that diversity and get just a, a widespread of demographic um, in the industry. And I think that starts with, with the work that we do, which is um, having a workforce that represents the community that you're in, right? So if you're in a, a lot of times, like we said, these projects are in rural communities, huge projects. Um, and so having a workforce that re represents the community that you serve, I think is only right. Um, so, so that's a part of our personal, you know, initiative. Um, but I think with everything going on, the, you know, in today's time, um, the solar industry, along with many others, are pushing for that as well. And and we've seen in in North Carolina, right, with, where we're number two in installed solar in all of the country. Um, you know, we've had this explosion of growth with utility scale solar. Uh, and, and groups like NCSEA have gone in and actually conducted property tax studies to show how much additional tax revenue uh, these projects bring to rural counties throughout the state. So there's already numerous amounts of benefit. But if we can also use these projects to create jobs in that county along with tax revenue, I mean, that's, you know, a huge, huge added benefit. And so to your point, right? Uh, being able to uh, employ a workforce that is representative of the community in which these projects are installed is is huge. So to the degree that groups like yourself can continue to help doing that, uh, the better that the entire clean energy and solar industry uh, are together. So um, yeah, I, I, I think that's super admirable of, of you know the work that you guys are doing over there at C4EE. So, um, does Center for Energy Education partner with any state entities or other nonprofits in your work around workforce development? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we partner with um, Dominion Energy. We partner with uh, Duke. Um, they're some of our sponsors. Um, Halifax EMC, uh, for instance, Roanoke Electric, uh, Baywa RE. GeneX Solar and EDF Renewables are just a few of our partners and sponsors. And so together, um, we can really work together to provide uh, not useful knowledge to these communities and provide training and educational programs completely free to the public. Fantastic. And, you know, a number of those folks that you'd mentioned are NCSEA members or partners and a huge shout out to Roanoke Electric Cooperative uh, for all the wonderful work they're doing up there in that part of the state as well. So Center for Energy Education is located in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. How did that location come to be and was that strategic in your workforce development efforts? So it's actually a really cool story. Um, the Center for Energy Education is actually located right in front of the 25 megawatt solar project. Um, and so when this project was first proposed, um, part of the reason it was even able to be approved um, was the negotiation of having a facility to educate the community and provide education and workforce opportunities um, for like, you know, Roanoke Rapids, Littleton, just our surrounding communities. And so with the creation of this solar project that's right behind us um, came the Center for Energy Education uh, right there to address the needs and concerns of community members, 
but also to help people become more knowledgeable on what this new thing is on an old airport. Um, so that's how that's how we came to be. And, and we kind of followed that initiative um, from the creation. Great. And, you know, thinking outside of the, the traditional realm of workforce development, uh, another group or demographic that Center for Energy Education caters to is, is the younger generations. And you also offer education programs for grade school students. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of those programs and how they're integral in training the workforce of the future? Absolutely. Um, so some of the training programs we provide uh, for, for K through 12 students um, include renewable energy summer camps, um, STEM in the park, which is basically a CDC guideline, uh, social distance science day outside um, for all of our all of the schools that we serve. Um, and then we also provide a teacher training. Um, we call it train the trainer, which is where we teach, um, you know, local school teachers how to incorporate renewable energy principles into their lesson plan. And so this all falls into helping kids become more aware and more knowledgeable on what solar is and renewable energy as a whole. And as they get up into high school, uh, we interact with schools on career days, um, science fairs, mock job interviews, just so we can create that awareness that, hey, there are career options for you in solar. There's a trade out here for you to go into pretty much right out of high school, as long as you have the correct uh, knowledge. And so there is that career pathway and, and all of that combined is how we're going to help uh, create a more knowledgeable and robust workforce. I am, I am super jealous of all of these kids who have the opportunity to go through programs like this. Thinking back to when I was a child, right? I had space camp. Uh, needless to say, I am not an astronaut. I am now working in the clean energy industry, something that I would not have imagined 20 years ago. Granted, there is a connection between space and clean energy, right? There's always solar panels attached to International Space Station or other satellites out there that are powering them. So uh, bringing that back full circle, maybe it's kind of like I'm working in space to a degree, uh, but I consider my career even cooler than that. Um, so, uh, I, you know, those you know kids that are going through your program, um, I think have a lot to look forward to as the clean energy industry is one of the fastest growing industries in the entire country, right? And and we're already there with the amount of people that we employ. As I mentioned earlier, 112,000 individuals uh, with jobs in the clean energy industry in North Carolina. Uh, so lots to be optimistic about, lots to look forward to. And I, I again, just want to commend the efforts of you and your team of highlighting uh, these opportunities in the clean energy workforce for the younger generations, and also bringing in people from rural parts of the state, diverse backgrounds, veterans into this field as well, because uh, increasing those diversification efforts are super important uh, to make sure that the clean energy industry works for all. So on that note, Dee, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. I'm looking forward to having you back on again in the future with more updates on the work that you and your team are doing in workforce development. Dee, thanks so much for being on the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a blast, Matt. And my key takeaway today is... 
With an ever-growing clean energy workforce in our state, it's crucial that we have organizations like the Center for Energy Education to continue to ensure our companies are well-equipped to lead us into the clean energy future we're all aspiring towards. Furthermore, now more than ever, it's critical that we build up a workforce that is representative of our communities as a whole to ensure everyone is able to prosper as the economic opportunities grow. Workforce development will only continue to grow in importance as we usher in a new era in clean energy development with opportunities around energy storage, wind, electric vehicles, energy efficiency, and many other technologies that I didn't mention. I, for one, cannot wait to see the younger generation, and specifically those in grade school, begin to transition into clean energy careers in the future and make the industry their own. So if you're interested in some of these training programs yourself, or maybe your company is looking for well-qualified candidates, check out center4, that's the number four, ee.org. All right, and back by unpopular demand is our new segment on the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, Pate on the Pod. Pate on the Pod. Clean energy. And welcome back, Daniel Pate, to the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. Yeah, Matt, so uh, you can be honest with us here. Um, since this is my second time on the pod, exactly how many additional subscribers did you get after the first pay on the pod segment? To be honest with you, we saw a net loss in subscribers, but the extra $1,000 you put in my pocket to be on the podcast sure helps. So appreciate it, buddy. I. I just appreciate you for still bringing me on. Well, for our listeners who don't know, the new section, Pate on the Pod, is a way for us to cover the latest in clean energy news in North Carolina. So, to get the section started off, and in recent news, Duke Energy awarded almost $4.9 million in rebates to rooftop solar customers across the state. The application window opened at 9 a.m. on January 6th, and within 10 minutes all of those rebates were gone. Wait, 4.9 million and how quickly again? 10 minutes. Let me tell you, that is faster than the two-for-one Black Friday sale and Calvin Klein Black Loafers at a Belks. Man, old soul at heart, Daniel Pate, killing it again on the podcast. And, and I got those Black Loafers on right now. For Daniel, despite you being young 30s, you portray an average age of 59 to 60. It's always a pleasure having an old dad soul at heart on the pod. And in other news, a recent poll stated that nearly 90% of North Carolinians said clean energy is very important to our state's future, with many believing the building of offshore wind projects along the coast will create more jobs. I mean, personally, my opinion is regarding offshore wind, I don't know what are we waiting for. It sounds like a wind-wind for everyone. Wind-wind. Woof. Daniel Pate, if you want to be invited back for a third week, you got to really step up your game, my friend. And by step up, you mean make these jokes even worse? I'm on it. Perfect. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the Squeaky Clean Energy podcast. Our, our listeners sure don't appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, we welcome any jokes from the listeners. Please uh, tweet them in and we can read them out. 
And I won't be the only one providing terrible jokes on this podcast. And you know the deal. Let's stay in touch on Twitter. Give me a shout at Matt Abel. That's M-A-T-T-A-B-E-L-E. For future episode ideas, questions for our next episode, thoughts on today's episode, and your worst energy joke one-liners. And episode 41 of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast is in the books. But before you leave, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share the pod on whatever platform you're listening in from. Sharing this podcast with your network and growing the friends of the pod helps us get just a little bit closer to our shared vision of a clean energy economy for North Carolina. All right, that's it. See y'all later. Peace.